The episode today is like well, a high school history paper. No, no, stay with me. Don't tune out. Remember when you had to write, say, a five-page paper in high school, and you had max a page and a half of stuff to say? So what did you do? No, not increase the font size. Yes, we all did that. That's not what I'm talking about. You began with going to the dictionary and defining terms. So today we will define terms. Well, I will define terms, and I really want you to decide if you would define them the same way. All on the way to answering the question for yourself, are religion, faith, and spirituality the same? Welcome to the Sky Pilot Podcast that explores questions of faith, spirituality, and religion. I'm Dan Matthews, and I don't have all the answers, but I do enjoy the questions. Welcome to the podcast where every question is an invitation into a spiritual quest, and you're invited along for the journey. So as I often do, I'm going to begin with a confession. You know how there are things that people say, or better said, the way people say certain things that perhaps really irritates you? For instance, someone says, for all intensive purposes, instead of saying for all intents and purposes. And you find yourself having to bite your tongue to keep from correcting them. I've known people who are deeply bothered by any modifier being placed on the word unique. I've heard quite a few people rant about the supposed fact that something is either unique or it is not. So grammatically, according to these people, you can't have something that is very unique. I disagree with that, by the way. Oh, and I used to be one of those people who said for all intensive purposes, which, by the way, it may be wrong, but it is a lot easier to say. And no, those are not my confessions. We haven't even gotten to those yet. As an ordained person, I'll say there are some of these phrases or sayings that irritate clergy in particular. I've heard people refer to the St. James Version of the Bible, which is just for reference wrong because the correct name is the King James Version of the Bible. It was King James who called for that particular translation to be created. The one of these that really used to bother me, though, and bother me a lot, is when people would say this. They would hear that I was a minister, and then frequently, in kind of defense of themselves, when they realized I was an ordained clergy person, they would say something like this. Oh, I should tell you, I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. Boy, that really drove me crazy. And I mean, probably did you, too. Not... Well, not so much. Okay. Anyway, well, it partly drove me crazy because the vast majority of people I met, when we went further in the conversation, they really weren't saying anything. It's like someone who meets a college professor and feels obliged to say, oh, I'm not educated, but I'm deep, which actually might be absolutely true, but would leave me wondering about what? In what context are you deep? In what ways are you deep? Simply claiming to be spiritual felt like a lot like claiming to be deep. Could be true, but to me it needs context or description of your spirituality. And there it is. The hypocrisy finally comes out. Um, my hypocrisy? Yup, and you don't even see it, do you? Um, no? You claim your podcast is about religion, faith, and spirituality, but you hate anyone who claims to be spiritual. Okay, um, I see your point. Hate's going considerably further than I feel comfortable with, but okay. 
you aren't entirely wrong. Actually, it was a recent realization for me that these words mean something, but they may not mean the same thing for me than they do for you or for the person I was talking to at the moment. Words obviously mean specific things, but those definitions don't necessarily always translate from one person to the next. I was listening to the radio, it was a number of years ago, and Neil deGrasse Tyson was speaking, and he said that the words religion and cult are interchangeable. They mean exactly the same thing. Now, as someone who is religious, and Tyson, by his own admission, is not, I would give the words very different meanings. And I would venture to guess that if I were in a conversation with him about this, I'd discover we don't really disagree as much as we are defining these words differently. So for today, I thought we would take the three words I use when describing the subject and focus of this podcast and tell you what they mean when I use them. Now, you may be thinking at this moment, Dan, I listen to your podcast every single episode, and I don't think I've ever heard an episode before where you are talking about religion, faith, and spirituality. So why are you referring to these words as something you talk about all the time? Welcome to the Sky Pilot Podcast that explores questions of faith, spirituality, and religion. So there it is. It's in the intro of every episode of this podcast. And yep, those are the three words in case somehow you absolutely missed the opening title of the podcast. By the way, after we're done, if they mean something different to you, shoot me an email and let me know. I would truly love to hear it. So let's start with the one we probably have the most common understanding of, the word religion. The word religion, to me, is descriptive in a way that is community-focused. For something to be described as a religion, there must be some sort of organized society or group that is being described. Again, I want to be clear, this is my use of the word. When we describe something as a religion, my first assumption is that it involves a group of people who have a set of beliefs and have come together to espouse those beliefs and participate in common practices that are the norm for the group. These almost always have to do with God or some transcendental understanding of the group, the world, a larger understanding of existence. So when you go to get your, say, license renewed at the DMV, you will find yourself temporarily standing in line to wait your turn. Well... It is the DMV, so we really don't know how temporary it's going to be. This line constitutes a group of people with a common set of goals to get their license and morals in common. Well, mostly that standing in line and waiting your turn is the right thing to do. And even leaders, the people who are managing all of this, what keeps this moment from being a religion you're far more likely to lose your religion than you are to have it be a religion. As far as I'm concerned, is that nobody except the most twisted of individuals believes this experience has meaning that transcends this moment. Nor will the reality of this gathering, this group, have any lasting change in the individual's sense of identity, life, or purpose. And I am absolutely positive that never has there been a group of people who have gathered together at the DMV and said, you know, this was a great experience. Let's get together again next week. A religion is more than a group that's come together. It is a group that has some sort of ongoing sense 
of identity over a period of time. As far as I know, there's no such thing as a pop-up religion, no. Not even an event like Burning Man, which certainly has some elements that tie everyone together. Not even that event meets the definition of religion, for me. Because it ends and doesn't continue to shape the lives of those over the long term. There is no kind of moral principle. There's no understanding of the universe that goes beyond that gathering and guides people's lives past that event. There is for me, when calling something a religion, some sort of expectation of endurance in order for it to be given that term. So how about college football in the South, hockey in Canada, the NFL in big cities, or soccer everywhere else? I assume you mean, do they meet the definition of religion? How long do you want this episode to last? Oh, never mind. That could be a fun question for another time, though. I heard a quote from a Methodist bishop who was overheard to say, Long after Christianity is dead and gone, the Methodist church will live on. Now, let me be clear. This was not a statement of belief, but it was a joke about the nature of the Methodist church. The Methodist church can certainly claim its name rightfully. It is a very methodical organization, institution. It has committees. It has structures for just about everything. His joke was that those structures, systems, committees are kind of self-sustaining and could just keep on going forever, even if their reason for being ceased to exist. This is helpful segue at this particular point to the word faith from the word religion, because if suddenly all people on the earth were gone and another alien civilization came to earth to study what they could find out from our society, from what we'd left behind, it is religion that they would have the easiest time studying of these three words today, because the nature of a religion is to write things down and institutionalize tradition so that it can be participated in by many people. Faith would be far more difficult to study because faith is what is believed by the individual. Even the most dogmatic and structured of all religions, within them there is a great deal of difference in the actual beliefs of the people who identify with that religion. Now, let's be clear. When someone defines themselves as religious, they are probably self-identifying with some group. But there could certainly be people who have faith and who don't participate in any organized group. Faith is the word I use to describe the individual beliefs held by a believer. I know that the word faith is often used to mean confidence in something that's not seen. I have faith that this airplane will get us to where we're going intact. When specifically the Bible does that and uses the word in that way in Hebrews 11.1, 1, now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And let me be clear, that's not the definition I'm going to use, but it isn't an incorrect use of the word. I mean, who am I to say that the Bible is wrong? I would never do that. I'm not offering a correction to the way the Bible uses that word, but as we have words that have different meaning, I'm offering a different definition that is useful for defining things here, for understanding what we're talking about, not as a counter to the way the Bible uses the word. Faith is the belief system as it is internally experienced by the individual believer. Now, let's move on to the word spirituality, the final of the three for us today. Spirituality is the way your faith gets experienced, approached, and lived out by you. I've had people tell me that they are moved by 
by the use of incense in their prayer life. They feel the incense draws them closer to God as they pray. Now, this is actually a pretty divisive subject amongst Episcopalians. Some love incense. Others really hate it. Some find it really helps them focus their spiritual attention on God. Others find it really detracts from their religious, from their faith experience. Now, I will say incense doesn't speak to me, but I understand it, and I don't particularly dislike it. It just doesn't help me in any particular way. Let's also talk about another form of spirituality, music. I come from a tradition that builds a lot of very amazing and powerful pipe organs in its churches, and there are moments when we sing as a community, and my spirit soars towards the divine. Certain pieces of music and group singing do that for me. Now, here's another confession. No piece of instrumental music has ever done that for me. For the most part, I need to be participating in the singing for music to move me. Now, there are exceptions, such as certain pieces of black choral gospel music. I don't need to be singing. I can listen to those and I am lifted up and I feel the nearness of God and the community we are called to be a part of without having to sing. But my spirituality needs words as a part of the music. I had a guy in my church, he's on our leadership board, and he attended our early morning church service, which had no music, and he was always trying to convince us to cancel the music program because he didn't get anything out of music. He found it to be annoying part of the service, and he was always trying to say, we could cut this entirely out of the budget and put all of that money towards something else. His spirituality was he did not like music at all. To me, your spirituality is not your religious identity. It's not your belief. It is the way you find best to experience that belief. You may pass someone on the street who belongs to your same church. That person may even believe what you believe almost to a T, but their spirituality may be very different from yours. They may like to encounter God by reading the Bible in their comfy chair in the morning while you prefer long walks in the woods or singing in your church choir as a way to come close to God. Now, we've defined these terms. How are they useful for you? Well, here's the way I hope you find them useful. I think we often expect these words to be one and the same rather than allowing them to be distinct from each other. It's helpful to understand faith as different from religion because I think there are a lot of people who sit in their religious community feeling uncomfortable because they are aware that there are other people in the room who believe or don't believe the same thing. And they're thinking, well, we all ought to be on the same page in terms of our individual personal beliefs. I think it's helpful to understand that for you to be comfortable, there should be some overlap between your religion and your faith but it will never be total. And that is a good and healthy thing. Also, your personal faith and your particular mode of spirituality are both going to be a lot more fluid than is the religion with which you identify. Some would deduce that this proves faith is good, spirituality is good, religion is bad. And that is true. If if you are seeking religion that always agrees with you and never makes you uncomfortable. When you go away to college, you are looking for an institution that does what? 
Are you looking for one that's going to affirm what you already believe about the world or one that causes you to think, grow, and learn? The same question works for religion. I think the purpose of a religion is to stimulate you, invite you to think, grow, and learn. And by doing so, your faith life will always be in flux, always be growing, always becoming more than it has been in the past. And that's a good thing. That's all for today. Let me start with my email address because I invited you to let me know what you think about the terms today and how you use them and understand them. My email address is dan at skypilot, S-K-Y-P-I-L-O-T, dan at skypilot.zone. Also, please check and see if you have subscribed to this podcast to make sure you get notified of future episodes. Also, you can find me on Facebook and YouTube. Just search for SkyPilot FaithQuest. On your spiritual journey, may you ask questions, seek answers, and boldly go wherever the quest takes you. Thanks for listening to SkyPilot FaithQuest. I invite you to send me a question or leave a review. And remember, the sign of a strong faith, solid religion, or healthy spiritual journey is not certainty, but that you keep asking questions.